Hi, and welcome to the Wednesday Word. This is a podcast of Desert Spring United Methodist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Wednesday Word is a midweek refresh and discussion of our Wednesday devotional. My name is Ann Hardy, and I am the Outreach Director for Desert Spring. It's my pleasure to be our podcast host for today. Our devotionals are related to the Sunday Sermon in some way. They could be an expansion on a theme or a different twist, but they're always related to the Sunday Sermon. If you missed the Sunday Sermon and you want to check that out, please go to our website at desertspringchurch.com. Our format is to read the devotional for today and stop along the way in order to hear our stories, discuss our struggles and triumphs in our faith journeys. We would love to get your take on today's discussion. If you are watching or listening where you can leave a comment, please do so. I'd like to welcome today's guests. We're joined by Tim Wanamacher and Jacob Eucher and Chris Devereaux. So I'd kind of like to go around the table if you could say uh, your relationship with Desert Spring and and give us a little bit of a sense of who you are. Jacob, you want to go first? Sure. So um, I'm Jacob Eucher, and I've been here since 2011, I think it was. I think my son was one when we, we started. We, we were, I was talking to Chris earlier. We actually were in the other the other building at the time. Um, I was asked, I can't remember when it was, but P- Pastor Dave, you know, he says, can, I, I have something I want you to do, and, you know, how do you say <laughs> no? So I, uh, he got me involved in the um, church council, and so I'm currently the chair of church council right now. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my big And you do it job. well. You well, do it well. It, there's a, there's an art to conducting a meeting, right? And and it's impressive, uh, the tone that you said. I, you do a good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, Tim. Yeah, I'm Tim Wanamaker. Um, actually, I've been attending here since it was actually about 20 years ago. Uh, so when I moved to Las Vegas, and I was born, raised Methodist, and I wanted to be part of a United Methodist Church. And I had checked out one the first weekend that I was here. And then the second weekend, I was going through the Yellow Pages. Yes, when we still had Yellow Pages. (laughs) And um, I found this Desert Spring Church. It was by Palo Verde High School, and I knew where that was. And so I came here, and uh, I never left. Um, I just walked in, and it just, it felt like home to me. And so, so yeah, so I've been a a part of uh, Desert Spring since, uh, like I said, uh, 2001 and um i've for the past couple of years i have been the lay delegate to annual conference which is just a tremendous tremendous experience um, something i'd always wanted to do um and then pastor dave gave me the opportunity and um it was uh i i love that experience so yep so that's my connection i guess to, uh, mm-hmm. to desert spring mm-hmm. yeah great and I'm glad you enjoy annual conference. That's a that's its own special animal as right. well. Right, and you know it's one of those things. Yeah, it's a lot of you know tedious and you know what have you. But it just you just see such a variety of different types of United Methodist churches mm-hmm. and and their perspectives on different things. And it's just so getting past the tedious part and you know all the logistics of of the meeting itself. It's just it's, you know, it's very interesting, and it, it just helps me understand um, why I love the United Methodist Church, because it is, you know, it is different, 
and which is to me which is a good thing right yeah so, different in a good way right yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah i agree chris you want to say hi yeah i'm chris Devereaux. um i've been in the church since uh 2013 um and i do the tech and uh, design work for the church yes another another great blessing to the church thank you <laughs> and you to as, me you as well Anne. well thank you <laughs> oh my goodness um, today's devotional was written by Julie Hart um, based on Pastor David's sermon from Sunday. Um, and she starts out with our scripture for today. It's from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. I, the Lord, affirm the time will certainly come when I will f- fulfill my gracious promise concerning the nations of Israel and Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will raise up for them a righteous descendant of David. He will do what is just and right in the land. Under his rule, Judah will enjoy safety, and Jerusalem will live in security. At that time, Jerusalem will be called, The Lord has provided us with justice. Uh, The sermon series for the Advent season this year is called, Come Home for Christmas. This Sunday, Pastor David kicked off the series with his sermon called Time to Come Home. As a visual learner and thinker, I always love it when he uses metaphors in his sermons. He used the metaphor of trees, the tree of life in Genesis, the tree of good and evil, the tree of Calvary, and the tree of life in Revelation. He broke the season of Advent down for us, telling us that it was a season of looking back and remembering looking around and being honest, and looking forward in hope. Most weeks, I watch and listen to Pastor David's sermon a few times. I like to think about his message throughout the week and how I need to be applying what he's saying in my own life. This Sunday evening, I was invited to join a friend at the Smith Center for a performance of A Christmas Carol. Right away, I was struck by the fact that this was much the same message that Pastor David had spoken about. As you will probably remember, Ebenezer Scrooge gets a visit from three spirits, the spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas yet to come. In the story, he's given the opportunity to remember his past, take a good, honest look at his present, and of course, hope for a different future. Sound familiar? (laughs) So let's dig into Pastor David's message a bit. And if you will humor me, let's take Ebenezer Ebenezer Scrooge along with us as we answer some important questions together. We'll start with the ghost of Christmas past and remembering. Julie says, I am a big picture taker. I love pictures and I take a ridiculous amount of pictures. Why? Because I love to look back and remember. I love to remember the events, the people, the stories. Every picture represents a tiny piece of what has made me who I am today. Of course, my pictures are a part of the story that I have been present for. The Bible, on the other hand, tells a part of my story that came before me, but it has shaped the woman I am today nevertheless. Pastor David talks about how the prophets of old foretold the birth of Jesus, his suffering and death, and the meaning of his suffering in death. What they had to say back then is still relevant to our lives today. As we remember our stories, it's good to remember that the tree of life represents 
a life lived in the presence of God, and this life is an abundant and eternal life. <coughs> Excuse me. Julie's first question for today is, why do you think it is important for us to look back and remember our stories? And what stories in your life on earth and that you read in the Bible have had the greatest influence on who you are today? For Ebenezer, we see a glimpse of his relationship with his father, a man he was never able to please. How he lives his life in the present is more easily understood when looking at his past. So what about you, Jacob? Um, what do you think it's important for us to look back and remember our stories? And did any stories have a, a influence on you? You know, I think stories play such a huge role in everybody's life. I mean, everything is a story. And it's always fun and good to hear other people's stories and where they came from. I think for me, um, trying to think about which stories impact me today, it's definitely um, the Gospels, um, Sermon on the Mount, and different stories. I have my own favorites um, through the Gospels. But more increasingly, it, it actually has been the first few chapters of Genesis as well, which fits into the Tree of Life because, you know, it's, it's this decision that's put in front of us, um, the, the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, and do we sort of decide on our own what's good and not good? And are we going to take something that um, looks good in our own eyes? Or are we going to trust what God says and say, no, that's, you know, I, I, I'm going to follow a different path and, and not decide for myself? Um, it's something I think about a lot in some of those early stories in Genesis about um, what sets us apart and that um, we're precious and um, managers of the earth, um, partners with God, um, and what that actually means. Um, and same with the Gospels, how we're supposed to behave. And, and Pastor Dave talks a lot about it um, in terms of kingdom living versus, you know, um, earthly type things. Um, so I, th I think those, those stories, I tend to bounce around in my head quite a bit. And it seems to me like there's some crossover between those two areas if we look at humility mm -hmm. and, um, you know, walking humbly with right. our God and recognizing that we have an earthly perspective. Um, and so if we're told, don't eat the fruit, right? we only understand that from an earthly perspective. And if we can walk humbly um, right. with God, then it makes it a little bit easier to um, to obey or to recognize that um, God has our best interests at heart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Tim? Any stories? I think it's important to look back on the past because this is really your, that's your foundation. Um, that really plays a huge part in who you are today. I'm not saying you can't, you know, make the changes or whatever, and not everybody's past is good. But I think it's when we have those troubled times in our past and we get through them, that's something that we can use later on when we're confronted with similar issues, similar problems. Okay, what did I do? How did I get through it? And so on. So I think 
that 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 really is our foundation. And if it was not a necessarily a good past, it's like, okay, what can I do differently or how can I learn to cope and, and so on. Um, as far as in the Bible, probably the one that always comes to me is just, which is something I'm sure many people, is the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Because I see myself in both the younger son at times and then the older son mm-hmm. at times where I make the mistakes and I, you know, and I'm like, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? And by the grace of God, you know, people forgive me and say, you know what, you know, they get past it. And then there's times where I feel like I'm being too judgmental. You know, somebody does something and I'm like, what were they thinking? Why did they do that? So that prodigal son is just like, okay, sometimes I'm the one that got lost. And then sometimes I'm the one that's being a little judgmental. And then the good thing is, is that I'm still still accepted, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, God is still there, mm-hmm. and I think he understands that, you know, we do, you know, at times in our lives play the different roles. And so it's just nice knowing that, you know, as long as we recognize what we did, you know, was wrong and, and so on, that we're still accepted and that we're not shunned and turned away and, you know, uh, too bad, you messed up, that's it. You know, right. we're done, we're over, you know, we washed our hands of you. That's that's not the case at all. Right. So like I said, so the prodigal son is something that I really, you know, that's something that just really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Chris, do you, have a, uh, do you have a thought on this one? I think my favorite is probably Jonah um, and Nineveh, Jonah the whale. I think I also benefit similarly to Julie from the metaphors uh, from Pastor David. And so any story that's, you know, kind of showing those metaphors I really gravitate towards but also just um you know the bible tells story after story after story about sin and um you know death destruction until Jesus comes around and remembering that you know even then as now he was such an inspiration for a different way to live and a different way to to interact with people um and so those kind of combinations the ones like Jonah where um, you know, he felt like he had nothing to say, that nobody was going to listen to him, that he wasn't worthy. Um, so there's empowerment stories uh, as well as kind of recognizing, you know, the difference between, um, you know, Genesis and Revelations and then, you know, the Gospels where, you know, they're talking about Jesus's life specifically. So those are kind of the two that I take away mostly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think learning each other's stories is very important. And it's part of why we began this podcast. Um, to hear the stories that would come from our congregation and to understand each other's uh, walk and lessons uh, from your own faith life. And um, I've really enjoyed hearing the stories that come out of these podcasts. Um, It's been a pleasure learning um, about those. And and for me personally, I think um, right now I'm, I'm leading a a class, I'm facilitating a class online about the nativity story. Um, and so right now, I we're taking kind of a deeper dive into the characters in that story, the places, the towns. Um, and it really struck me um, this last class time uh, that Joseph, about Joseph and, um, and how Mary's fate was really in his hands. And how he had mercy um, upon 
her and wanted the best for her, um, she could have been stoned to death. Um, but he wanted, you know, he wanted to make sure that she was going to be all right. And, and it just really struck me how he cared for her and how, and how uh, uh, justice in that story was mercy, um, righteousness, pardon me, righteousness was mercy. Justice was not mercy because justice would have seen Mary stoned. Um, and so um, I just really uh, was struck by Joseph's story in the nativity. <clears throat> I think you said it pretty well, Tim, where you have a story and you can see yourself in each of these spots. And, you, and at di in different seasons of your life, you can put yourself. And, and the entire Bible is this way, where you can be all these different, you can be Jonah, or you can be David, or you can be Daniel, or you can be whoever. And, it, and that's what makes it so powerful, is there's um, so many different messages and layers, and it's just incredible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then, but that kind of takes me back to when I mentioned about, you know, uh, the annual conference, seeing the diversity among the mm -hmm. churches, I kind of feel that same way. And then, and when you said, you know, in the podcast, you know, learning about people and, and their different stories and so on, because sometimes when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, that, you know, and then other times I hear something and I'm like, oh wow, I never thought of it that way. Or I don't know, I guess I'm just, I just enjoy hearing other people's mm -hmm. stories because I, I think the more I, I learn about people, then the less judgmental that I am and, and I don't make those judgments or whatever. And so I think it's yeah, very important that, you know, when we're putting ourselves in different, you know, different shoes or whatever, you know, with, with you know, uh, the people in the Bible or even, you know, our own, you know, local members here, it, it just helps us understand that we are all a part of this and it's not for us to decide who's worthy and who's not worthy and who's righteous and who's not righteous. That's, that's not our decision. I agree with you though. I selfishly have, uh, you know, have that experience every week where there's a new person at the podcast and, you know, I get to learn a little bit more and experience things from a different perspective. So I agree with you. Yeah. Our stories are important and it's important to tell them. Yeah. Um, next, we move on to the ghost of Christmas present. And being honest, if you've seen A Christmas Carol, you'll remember how uncomfortable it was for Ebenezer to see his life, how the people in his life viewed him, and how he was impacting their lives. Enter Tiny Tim. Being honest with ourselves is not always easy. Acknowledging how our actions or inactions have hurt others does not always feel so good. Pastor David spoke about the brokenness in our world today. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we have made a pretty big mess of things. The violence, the injustice, the divisiveness, it's not pretty. David challenges us to consider how far from living out our prayer on earth as it is in heaven, we truly are. According to the nightly news, I would say pretty far. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the tree that pastor references here. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit from this tree, things started to go wrong. Which brings us to Julie's next question. In what areas of our lives do we need to take a real and honest assessment right now? Not just our personal lives, but the world that we live in. Tim, you want to lead us off? you have any thoughts about that? 
Well, I think when I saw this question and to take a real and honest assessment, it's, I guess the first thing that came to my mind was, what is really important? What's, what's the priority? You know, and I know for me it starts personally and then it becomes, you know, more kind of locally, nationally, globally, and so on. Because I think so often we kind of turn ourselves inward. And I say this from the perspective of, of a teacher. I taught at an IB school. And one of our goals at the IB school was to try and get the students to see things globally. That's a real challenge, especially for junior high age kids, because their, their world extends a little bit more than an elementary age, you know, kid, but they're still, their world basically stops at their friends. And they don't necessarily always think about how their actions can have this ripple effect. And I think we as adults can be that same way. We tend to turn, especially when times get tough, we tend to turn inward. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily think about how simple actions or things that are said, whatever, the ripple effect that they have. And so, so I think for me, it's like stopping, taking time to think, okay, what is really important? What is it, you know? if I spend my time doing this, or if I spend my time doing this, or if I said this, or whatever, I think that's the thing, because I just need to understand how one person can have such a huge, huge impact, negative, in a negative way or in a positive way, on so many people, and that, you know, once again, that just can have that ripple effect, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacob, any uh, thoughts about this? I think um, one thing that is, helped me um, a lot or that I try to do is is get some perspective globally as you were saying Tim because it's so easy in in my daily life to go about my routine and not realize how much I have what an abundance of everything I have you know it's uh, even even you know before I came here it's like well what am I going to have for lunch there's so many, so many options. And, and of course, I'm thinking like, ah, we don't have anything. But, but when you take a step back and look at how much we do have, it's incredible. The things that we don't have to worry about or, um, or, or maybe to say it differently, that other people do have to worry about that I have no idea. And that doesn't even need to be, you know, it, it certainly is globally. But, but you don't know what your neighbor needs either, you know, there's, um, so it, it's trying to be mindful of that, I think is, mm -hmm. is a challenge that I have. And of course, then the question is, what do you do about it? Well, um, and that's right. a whole different thing. But, um, so I think, you know, um, one of the questions is, um, how do we take a real and honest assessment right now? It's, it's, um, you know, being mindful about it is the first thing, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, what priorities do, do we have? Can I jump in? Sure. When, um, with what Jacob just said, um, last year when I was teaching, it was all online. So I was able to get a perspective of the environment that some of my students lived in. 
it was eye-opening, to say the least. I mean, how some of these students were able to focus and concentrate because in some instances, it was just like chaos going on in the background. Mm -hmm. But there they were sitting in front of their computer doing the best that they could. Now, I'm retired, but if I would have continued teaching, I would have been a very, very different teacher as far as my understanding of the environments that some of these kids came from. And so like, you know, when Jacob said, you know, you had lunch today and you were deciding, oh, what am I gonna have? I really don't have it. We do, but we, I think we, we get used to it. We, we get complacent and we, and like you said, we really don't know what our neighbors have or what they don't have. And I think it's incumbent upon us, what can we do first of all to find out and then what can, what action, what steps can we take? I just, sometimes I just think for myself, I just get too complacent and I just assume that everybody else lives the way that I live my life and has the things that I do. And that is far, far, far from, from being true. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very difficult to separate um, our personal lives from the world. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to say, well, how, how can I assess the world without assessing what's going on with, with me? And I know um, my kids are, um, well, they're not kids, they're young adults. And my 22-year-old said, Mom, there's so much need in the world. And she's kind of paralyzed by it. Um, there's just too much. She can't seem to really, what can I do, Mom? What can I do? And it's like you act locally. So, you know, you come down to the food pantry and you fill trunks with food or you pick a charity that means a lot to you and you get involved with that. So for me, it's a little difficult um, to think globally without thinking of my personal life. Um, and of course, I'm trying to um, spread the love of Jesus and to treat people um, as they're a as if they're a part of God's kingdom, and they are, and um, and, and I want to bring that kingdom um, into my home and my neighborhood. Chris, any what, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, kind of echoing similar, um, you know, points that you guys both mentioned, but um, sometimes I feel like I'm living a Christian life in a secular world, meaning that my world is secular still sometimes, and um, I, I, I try to push every week the boundary of, you know, of, of that Christian circle and how, how it can. So for me, it's a little bit of a trick question. I think every aspect of my life should, you know, be impacted by it. Um, but I try to do that as a practice of a weekly practice, especially because I'm here every Sunday, making sure that I'm, you know, taking the elements that are in the sermons and directly applying it to my life. I do like um, that this church does think locally and think globally. And, you know, a different kind of Christmas is kind of an example of that, especially even this year where we're combining those efforts. We're, you know, doing something hyper-local for, for homeless families through Family Promise, but then also, you know, reaching out to a part of the world that has been devastated by natural disasters and, and the like and political unrest. And so, you know, that's an, an expression of this church, but it also is something that becomes ingrained in you when you think about it that way. You know, you mentioned a different kind of Christmas, which is two things this year for the first time. 
the first one, Family Promise, and we're sitting here next to the angel tree that on Sunday had families as part of um, Family Promise. And I, I was waiting as the pageant rehearsal was going on, and I looked at one of the things, and it said that one of the things that one of the kids needed was nail clippers. And it just broke my heart. I mean, to have something so simple, you know, I have, I just saw one in my drawer, you know, before I came here. Um, and that's, that's on the local piece. And then the other one in Haiti, I heard a story recently about, and this was, um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was a story about families in um, or kids in Haiti who um, they didn't have anything, basically. Um, and, and there is no, a lot of times we're so um, used to, if something bad happens, um, natural disaster or whatever, where is help going to come from? Um, and and there, there usually is something, you know, whether it be um, friends, family, um, other organizations, the government, or whatever. And there it's, it's, there was no government. I mean, the, there, there was no government right. or anything. Um, and so the, the, what's holding these people together is the church. Um, and I think it was a, a Catholic church in a small place, and it was like, if, if we can't get food to these families, they don't have food. And, and it was... This, this is um, a small sliver of God's kingdom being brought to those people, mm -hmm. you know. And it's kind of interesting that, we, you know, we're playing a part in both of those this year. Right. Definitely. Okay. Julie says for Ebenezer, it was very painful for him to take an honest look at his life and how he was hurting others. Tiny Tim was a child living in poverty while Scrooge was hoarding money that could have helped their family. Not to spoil the plot for anyone who hasn't read or seen the story, but Scrooge also sees how his demands on Tiny Tim's dad could have grave consequences. The tree of Calvary that Jesus was crucified on showed us what bad things we are capable of doing. Just look at what we did to Jesus. But to Christians, the cross is not a symbol of death and despair. It is a symbol of hope. It reminds us of the future that God has planned for us and our eternal life with Jesus that has already been given to us through his sacrifice. The cross points to the future, and the future is full of hope. Returning back to A Christmas Carol, by the time Ebenezer is visited by the ghost of Christmas yet to come, he asks if he can change the future. What he's asking for is hope. Is there still hope that he can change, and that his life can change. And we all know the answer to that question. At Desert Spring, we are people of hope. We know that our best days are yet to come. We are always looking to the future. We delight in giving hope to others, especially at this time of year. This past Sunday, the lobby was buzzing with people eager to be involved in bringing hope to others. People were choosing ornaments for the different kind of Christmas campaign, which will benefit both Family Promise of Las Vegas and Soaring Unlimited Haiti. Other folks were signing up to participate in bringing the story of Jesus' birth to life during the living nativity at Glittering Lights. 
And then there were the people selecting tags off of the Christmas tree to provide Christmas gifts for 140 children living in poverty. Just spending a Sunday morning in our lobby fills my heart with so much hope. So the last question is, what about you? Where are you hoping to see God break in during this Advent season? What hope do you have for the future? Chris, any thoughts on this one? I'm a hopeful person, so I, I'm just hopeful in general. Um, you know, and I see a lot of, um, I can say this now because I'm almost 40, but a lot of younger people. 40? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be 38 next week. <laughs> and, um, you know, they just, I just see hope. I see, you know, kids who are very, you know, um, concerned about the world in general and are looking to help and looking to make change. Um, and whether that be locally or, or you know, globally, but um, seeing it in others, I think, provides hope to me. And, and um, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, this this uh, generation, it seems that the, my kids' generation um, are very giving mm -hmm. people. They're very concerned. They're very caring. Um, they are not at all like the kids when I grew up. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Generation X. And the kids when I grew up were so concerned with your, themselves and me included. Um, and that certainly brings me to a place of hope when I see that um, the young people um, that, I, that I know are so much more mature and concerned about their world than I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim, any thoughts on uh, what are your well, hopes to see this season? Well, it's kind of ironic because <clears throat> when I read this question, I wrote it down before the podcast. I just put more compassion for others. Mm -hmm. And so much of what has been said is about being more compassionate, you know, recognizing that not everybody has, you know, what we have and, and so on. And so and then when you mentioned about, you know, the generation for for all the criticism that the, you know, these younger kids get and everything else, I totally agree. They are more aware, they are more concerned, uh, more caring, more compassionate than people give them credit for. And even though, you know, we dislike social media and the internet and so on, and it has its faults, but I really think it has made the younger generation aware of, of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, their family or their high school or, or what have you. They're seeing what's going on worldwide. And I really think that's one of the positives. That's, you know, at least coming from social media and so on. But getting back to the question, so I, I guess I just hope that there's more compassion, whether it's in giving or it's just understanding people, you know, accepting people's differences, whatever the case may be. I'm just hoping that that more compassion, mm -hmm. and especially, I and guess, maybe from adults, yeah. because I think the younger, <laughs> the younger generation, I think, I think they're on their way. And I think, I know I have to catch up with them. I really do. So, yeah, yeah exactly. And the pandemic certainly teaches us global lessons, doesn't it? You know, right. it's a small world and what happens on the other half exactly. of the world if affects us here. So, and that's still today. I mean, now they're talking about the new variant and, and everything else. And once again, I mean, you know, where did that mutation start and so on? And it's definitely, we're going to feel the impact here, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Jacob, any, uh, any thoughts on this? You, you know, when I read it, I, I kind of read it different. Um, 
And I thought when I when I was thinking about hope, um, it was like when things seem dark, um, when they seem like how are we going to get through? Like you mentioned the pandemic or it could, it could be anything, right? It could be very personal uh, death or whatever. Um, I use hope as a um, kind of like a, a cornerstone or a, a grounding rod. Like we are people of hope and um, the resurrection has taught us that um, the worst thing isn't the last thing. And so I, I hold on to that and say, you know, um, yeah, this, this could be bad, but as hopeful people, this isn't the end. Um, and so I, I, I definitely, um, agree, although with my own kids, I'm, I, I'm like, what, where, where is this, where are we going? <laughs> you know, they're great kids, but you know, it's, it's like, um, there's so many influences and you worry and, and all that kind of stuff. And, but, um, I'm hopeful for all the things that you said, but also just because, you know, I, I hold on to that and say, you know, even if, even if anything happens where we can, we can trust and we can hope. Yeah, that's right. The God created the world and said, it is good and it is good. And we, we have that in our hearts and in our stories and in our DNA. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would love to see a little bit more unity in our world. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much divisiveness. There's so much that hurts each other. Um, and, and especially in the Christian community, we have, we have common stories. We have common um, history and and i i hope that we can bring that forward into our daily lives like you were saying chris and and remember that the nativity story has impact on our life today or whatever you know Christ, christian story and i think julie in the devotional also made that point um that that we are shaped by these Bible stories that happened eons ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During this season of Advent, Julie encourages you to spend time looking back, looking around, and looking forward. As you do so, try to look through God's eyes. And God's eyes are certainly eyes of hope. Amen. Peace on earth, Julie. So great, great job, Julie. We certainly enjoyed. Does uh, anybody have a closing thought? For me, I just think, looking back, like I said, that's kind of provides our foundation. And then the present, it's like, okay, where did that get us mm -hmm. to this point in our lives? You know, good, bad, or whatever. And then what do we need to either continue doing mm -hmm. or what do we need to change about ourselves moving forward? Right. And so I think all three parts your your past and your present and you know what you're looking for the future i think they're all important i i don't think you can just focus in on one one of those three i think it's just it's a combination of all of those and i just it was in i think it was in the upper room i think it might have been yesterday's devotion or something and it basically was like 
worry less and pray more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's what I need that's to it. do. <laughs> worry less and pray more. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my final thoughts here. My, my son, eight-year-old, it was like last week. He was like, what does it mean to be a Scrooge? And so I was thinking, yeah, I grew up on like the Muppets Christmas Carol. I love that one. <laughs> um, and I was thinking, you know, I wonder, um, I, I quickly told him the story of the Christmas Carol, tried to do it as much as you can sum it up in five to 10 minutes or something. But it, you could see him use the Scrooge as like a, it, it got added to his encyclopedia. So later that day, he's like, ah, he's being such a Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means he was listening. That's right, what it is. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Something, yep. yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for spending your time with us. Um, thank you, Jacob, Tim, and Chris. I appreciate you coming down. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. It's a very busy season. And I appreciate you sharing your stories. Remember, if you are watching the video or if you're listening to the podcast somewhere where you can drop a comment, we would love to hear your take on what we're talking about. Um, if you'd like to see the devotional in text form um, and have links to lots of other things, you can go to desertspringchurch.com or any of our social media accounts and, and you can see it there. So I'd like to say a quick prayer in closing, if we could, please. Heavenly God, thank you for the stories that we've heard today. Thank you for people who are willing to be vulnerable enough to tell their stories. I ask for your blessings on the people around this table, as well as all of our listeners and our viewers. Please bless us. We want to be the people of God. We want to be your children. And we want to reflect those qualities into our community. Please help us to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>